Hello and welcome to Nature Snippets, a podcast about the natural world, about organisms you may find in your backyard and beyond. I'm Declan McCabe, coming to you from St. Michael's College in Colchester, Vermont. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy to have you here. And we are in the Media Creation Studio at St. Michael's College. And it has been a lot of fun to start recording in here. And uh, no disrespect to my backyard shed, this is a lot nicer. I'm actually sitting on a couch here with a professional microphone. And there's help through the window sending me hand signals and all kinds of good things. So it's a lot of fun and a pleasure to work here. Anyway, I wanted to talk today about a spectacular little bug that you're almost unlikely to see unless you really go looking for them but I recommend that you do because they're worth the search and so I write a thing called the invertebrate bestiary for Northern Woodlands magazine and there's a few goals in in writing it and the main goal is to get people excited about the invertebrates that are out there and the other goal is to showcase some spectacular art that can be derived from these amazing little animals that are out there that people don't realize are under their noses. Usually I pitch an idea to the editors and we go with it. Or, or, or they say, no, we don't want that one. And we pick a different one. In this case, the editors pitched one to me. They said, could you write about lace bugs? As soon as I heard lace bugs, I said, oh yeah, those are spectacular. And I knew that Adelaide Tyrell Murphy's art would be beautiful. And indeed it was. So, with that, we'll, we'll get into it. So, the invertebrate beast theory comes out quarterly, and this one is just called Lace Bugs. So, here it is. My students and I have pit-trapped invertebrates in Camp Johnson in Colchester, Vermont, annually since 2006. We sink liquid-filled plastic tubes into the ground to intercept forest floor invertebrates as they forage in the leaf litter. With regular sampling at a single site, you quickly learn who the usual suspects are. But occasionally, we encounter what I would call unusual suspects, rare forest floor invertebrates, or more often than not, invertebrates not typically found on the forest floor at all. Such was the case last fall when a most picturesque little insect made its way into a student's sample tube. Measuring scarcely an eighth of an inch, the insect appeared ornately decorated from top to tail in the style of a Baroque aristocrat, a particularly small aristocrat. Its dramatically lacy wings extended straight back from angular front corners before rounding at the back end to entirely conceal the abdomen. Its legs were partly hidden by elaborate semicircular flaps growing out to the sides from the thorax and matching the lacy wing structure. The outfit was completed by a lace hood. Viewed from above, the only evidence that the insect had a head at all was a pair of antennae sprouting forward from beneath the hood before elbowing left and right. We quickly determined that our specimen was a lace bug, a true bug in the group Hemiptera, and not to be confused with the lace wing, a beneficial insect in the order Neuroptera. Determining which species proved to be more challenging. Tingidae, the lacebug family, includes more than 2,000 species, and identification keys usually include advice to record the plant species from which the specimen was collected, advice we had failed to follow. Lacebugs are specialists on particular host plants, and knowing the specimen I collected this morning came from a basswood tree, 
almost certainly confirms that it is the species known as the basswood lacebug. The azalea lacebug may well be munching through your garden as you hear this, but only through your azaleas because, again, they are specialists. It's sometimes surprising to recognize the damage that even a very tiny bug's munching can do to prized plants and trees. All lacebugs feed by piercing leaf cells, injecting enzymes, and then sucking out the cell contents. Although both the nymphs and the adults attack leaves from below, the resulting withering of the leaves is visible from above and may well be the first indication of damage. Because the lacebugs and their host plants co-evolved over eons, plant defenses have evolved to minimize the damage. However, when the eastern sycamore lacebug, a North American species, was introduced to Europe in the 1960s, it became a spectacularly invasive pest on the comparatively defenseless London plane tree, which is a hybrid between the lacebug's natural host, American sycamore, and an Asian species. Lacebug nymphs and adults feed cheek by jowl on the undersides of leaves. The leaves are initially stippled with white patches where the leaf cells have been killed. As infestations progress, formerly green sycamore or plane tree leaves take on a bronze colour that can progress to premature senescence and leaf loss. Extreme infestations can defoliate a tree and are more likely to occur in dry weather. So it's possible this year at the end of the summer that you saw some of this action happening on your azaleas in particular. Recent climate models suggest that warming will produce ideal conditions to increase population growth of sycamore lacebugs, leading to more frequent defoliations. According to literature from North Carolina's Cooperative Extension, occasional defoliation of otherwise healthy sycamore trees is of little consequence to long-term tree health. I was interested to learn how an insect common in tree leaves might make its way into one of our forest floor pit traps. A quick study of the lacebug's life cycle provided the answers. Nymphs, which look like spiny versions of the adults but lack the lacy accoutrements, hatch from eggs laid into the undersides of leaves. After feeding, growing and molting five times as nymphs, the resulting lace-clad adults continue to feed and live beneath the leaves. The cycle repeats every four to six weeks during the summer. In winter, adults of some species, such as the sycamore lacebug, seek shelter in bark crevices, while others overwinter in the leaf litter. So, if you suspect that your sycamore, or more likely your azalea, is hosting lacebugs, a far more reliable way to detect them is by searching beneath the leaves for excrement. The insects attach frass, the, the polite word for insect poop, to lower leaf surfaces, and they look a lot like small spots of brown varnish. So before launching your search, I recommend purchasing an inexpensive clip-on macro lens for your smartphone. They end up costing about $20, and the investment will open a window to the microscopic world. And who knows, perhaps you'll be rewarded by an encounter with a dramatically elegant lacebug. Viewing this six-legged masterpiece should not be reserved just for students at St. Michael's College and their microscopes. That's all for today, folks. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please consider subscribing wherever you find your podcasts. 
This is a bi-weekly podcast, so you can expect a new episode every other Friday. Thank you once again for listening.